the Ladies Guide to Dude Cinema. My name is Alex J, and with me is my gorgeous and wonderful and beautiful co-host, Beck Chalwood. Sorry, I was waiting for you to finish. Um, okay, uh, this, oh my God, um, <laughs> um, this is, shut up. This is the podcast where we watch all the movies that dudes have told us that we have to see. Yay! We're doing it. We're watching them. We're making it work. Making it happen. That's how we do it. What Alex. are you doing, Beck? What are you making doing, happen? Well, this weekend I'm going to be at Splendor in the Grass Music Festival. Very fun. For any international yes. listeners, can you explain what Splendor in the Grass is? Um, It's like our Coachella, basically, <laughs> except smaller and less I'm gonna say Beyonce. Less Beyonce, yes. Um. And like less Instagram models, but like the same percentage, I'd say. Okay, yeah. A lot of per glitter cap, on titties, a lot of MDMA. Yeah, and this is like music and stuff, but yes. there's also like some sick comedy acts. Yes, or oh, they have a comedy tent for if you are having a come down a little bit early in the day <laughs> and you need to sit in the dark for a little while. Cool, cool, cool. So they're, they're paying me money. Go say hi to, to babysit bed. people on a fucking come down. <laughs> And also to perform comedy, I guess, if you're into it. Okay, if you are at the festival, please come say hi. Come I'd love say to hi. meet you. Yeah. That'd be freaking sick. Fuck yeah. I'll also be camping as well, so I'll need the emotional support. Oh boy, camping. Are you a camping? You're not a camping girl. <laughs> Yo, we've spoken about this. You are not a camping gal. I am gal. not a camping gal whatsoever. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I went, and I don't wish to do it anytime soon. Yeah. I just don't. It just doesn't interest me at all. I like, I like an inside. <laughs> I love four walls. I love a I'm ceiling. I'm fucking sick for four walls. I love a, like a solid ceiling, not a mm. one that flaps in the breeze. Yeah, I love uh, protection from sunlight at 5 a.m. when I'm coming down off multiple dingers and a mad hangover. Yes, and just a proper bed if I yeah. could. Yeah. I, like, I don't mind a recreational camp at the right time of year. What's that, like a school camp? Like a, no. <laughs> Like a camp just where some high just like, oh, some- like we're just going to this place for the weekend, and like there's like a fire and beers, and okay. someone I know is With bringing like, a small like group bougie, of yeah, and you're like, I'm gonna like be drunk and it's gonna be relaxing, and we're just gonna go float in a tire down the river, like no stakes. Look, mm. uh, yeah, I feel like max two nights though, like yeah. more than that, like I'm out. Oof, yeah, I think I could do that for one night for fun. Mm. Um, just for the novelty of it to say I did. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know, man. I feel you. No, it's okay. I'm getting the heebie-jeebies hey. just thinking about it. It's all right. Hey. You're an inside girl. I am an inside girl. That's okay. At the best of times, too. Like a cat with AIDS. <laughs> You're not I'm loud out. basically a cat with AIDS. <laughs> Otherwise, you go out and you'll spread that feline ace. Sorry about it. It's an ish. It's not your fault. Thank you. Isn't it like cat, like. Tell my mum that. Did you know, like, cats with AIDS? Mm. Like, they're just like normal cats. Like, it's like herpes. Mm. It's not like. Thank you. It's not like <laughs> proper AIDS. <laughs> That's what us cats with AIDS want this the is world to know. So wrong and is not the kind of We're subject s- that I should just be throwing out there. We're sick of the stigma. <laughs> around feline age. Feline rabies too. Don't get me started. <laughs> I don't have no segue, but what movie are we watching today? <laughs> what if we, were, we should have segued off the camping. I guess so. Into this, okay. Into this in movie. hindsight, maybe the cats with AIDS rip, uh, 
doesn't yeah. link up with the movie we were watching. Maybe it does, the camping kind of does. I guess so. Yeah. You could call war camping. <laughs> it's, it's just the, it's camping with guns. <laughs> so, yeah, the movie we're watching today is Platoon. Yes. Uh, Alex, what did you know about this movie before? Gosh, I thought I knew what it was about. I knew Charlie Sheen was in it. So Ooh. I just assumed it was a comedy. Yeah. Honestly, my entire life oh, I've no. gone thinking it Platoon. Oh, no. <laughs> Platoon was like a funny. It's a funny name. Funny. Oh, I knew it was about war, but yeah. I just, and it was Charlie Sheen. I just thought it was like a parody kind you of thought war thought it was movie. like MASH. Kind of thought <laughs> it was going to be like MASH. But more funny. I thought it was like scary movie. Can you know, like scary movie three? It was like scary movie three, but about war. <laughs> so, oh, no. I got a rude awakening yeah. about five minutes into the movie. What did you think it was about? Um, I knew it was about war. Um, I did watch the. I didn't know anything about it until we picked it a week ago, and I watched the trailer, and it seemed. I was like, kind of. Oh, it seems a little bit dark, mm. but also an action movie. Um. Yeah, I honestly knew nothing about it. I'd heard references about it. And as soon as the music started, I was like, this has mm. been in everything. Yeah, yeah. This music has been heavily parodied in everything. Totally. And I've definitely met many, many people who love this movie and yeah. think it's just like an absolute cornerstone in cinema. Yeah. Which, you know, this whole time I've been like, yeah, but like fucking lighten up. It's a comedy. Like yeah. just, you know, just <laughs> basically major pain. I think I thought it was major pain. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's a cornerstone oh. in cinema. God. Yeah, I was. I'll say it up front. This movie is a bummer. <laughs> it is. And it's a massive downer. Intense bummer. It's heavy. I mean, it's probably not appropriate to call it a bummer. No. It really addresses one of a huge. Yeah. Just as a real bad time in history real where bad we time. lost many, many lives. Apparently quite accurately. And again, can't stress this enough, zero comedy in it. Yeah, not a not – a, I don't think there's a joke wall-to-wall in this movie. Do not go into it expecting a fun mm-hmm. romp through a boot camp. No, I watched this right before I had to host a comedy show. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, just wiping the tears from my eyes like – Oh. All right, let's tell some freaking jokes. Humanity's fucked. How are you? What do you do for work? There's no reason to go to war. <laughs> All right, shall we jump in? Oh, let's oh, let's army crawl underneath all this barbed wire. Let's do it. Ouch. In 1967, Oliver Stone was a combat infantryman in Vietnam. He was wounded twice and received a medal for gallantry in action. Ten years later, he was a Hollywood screenwriter and the winner of an Oscar. But even after many successes, Stone still had another story to tell. A movie that grew out of his own experience. Stone has come a long way from Vietnam, but he has not left it behind. Out of the hole, fast! Hurt the pain! I got a bad feeling on this one, all right? Watch out! Rocket! As a young and naive recruit in Vietnam, Chris Taylor faces a moral crisis when confronted with the horrors of war and the duality of man. That's it? That's it. Oh. Short, sharp and sweet. That really does describe it well. I'm like, my heart is 
my heartstrings are being tugged just from yeah. reading that. What would you oh. look? I I think despite how big this movie is, I reckon there's a lot of people who haven't seen it. Mm. Well, how would you describe it for the people who haven't seen it? I was. It's a. It's a sad, sad movie uh, about the reality of the Vietnam War, um, with amazing actors in it doing an amazing job. Uh, I would love to make a joke at this point. I can't. It's real heavy. We were, we cannot sc- stress this enough. As a, as a comedy podcast, I was watching this being like, oh, man, uh, I was not. If I had known this is how it's going to be, <laughs> I would not have picked this to make jokes about. Well, I, yeah, I was watching you be like, I don't know where the riffs are going to yeah. come from. Yeah, so we're pro- look, we're probably going to say probo things. On this podcast, <laughs> we're going to say them. Yeah, about this movie. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. That's, I like usually. I'm like I got a gauge of like as maybe what might say go the, down. The G word. I think we're okay. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I, but okay. So if you don't know what the G word is. Um, just Vietnam War. Just Google Americans Vietnam. in Vietnam and just put it together from there. You can put it together. Yeah. Um. So. Gosh, I don't even really know where to start. Okay, this. Let's just do a quick list of the cast. Yeah, because this cast is fucking huge. Okay, we've got. Unexpectedly huge. Here we go Tom Berenger, Keith David, Willem Dafoe, Forrest Whitaker, Francesco Quinn, Kevin Dillon, John C. McGinley, Johnny Depp is in this movie. Mm. I'm missing someone. Charlie Sheen. Oh, Charlie Sheen. I'm just going off the IMDb <laughs> list and he's not in the first 10 people on here. <laughs> That's concerning. Did they take him? Oh, my God. He's not listed. He's not been cancelled from he's Platoon. been cancelled so hard. He's not even. <laughs> oh, my God. But Ch- Charlie Sheen is the main character in this movie. He's the. Yeah, absolutely. What's the word? Fuck. The titular dude. <laughs> the titular dude. Yeah. In the movie. That's so weird that he's not in there. That's concerning. Oh, maybe he's got like his own page for Platoon. He's yeah. the main character. He has <laughs> to be in whole, there. Yeah, and look, this is this is pre this is Charlie Sheen pre Charlie Sheen. Yeah, can we start? Let's start there. Yeah. Um, I had no idea that Charlie Sheen was a fucking used to be an actor. Good actor. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck has he been in other serious stuff? Because he, he's fucking good. I remember he was briefly in uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. He makes out with his sister at the police station. Okay. Mm. And he's like, I think that was pre this even. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he's fucking good. Like, oh my god. When did that change? When did he become a joke? Or when did he – well, I guess when did he get into comedy? He made a joke of himself. He did. Like you can – and as well, like because I started watching um, a documentary. What is it? It's called like Into – Platoon Into Inferno, something like that. Okay. Uh, Just look up Platoon Inferno. It'll come up. um, And it's like – it's made like the year after the movie – and you can see that he's aged and he's a, he's a little bit more manic. Oh. And I'm like, oh. Just a year later. As soon as you got that money. Okay. Well, you're going, he had like a weird like beard situation going on. Like well, it was the late 80s, I understand. We I were getting what, experimental with beards. Yeah, and I don't know what his mental health 
situation oh, is or always or was back then. Yeah. But I mean, he's whatever it was, he's a fucking good actor. Yeah. And that that's why I thought it was a comedy because Charlie Sheen's in it. Because all I know of Charlie Sheen is, yes, yeah, Scary Movie 3 and Two and a Half Men. Yeah. And then that Tiger, what was it? He's like, I got that Tiger energy. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. He's all the winning. Cr- Charlie winning, winning. All that crazy shit he's done in recent years. Yeah, I'm by winning. <laughs> I hate it when people say winning, by yeah. the way. I know it's dead now, but for a few years that that's what everyone said and I hated it. The so late 2000s much. was a bad time winning. for me. <laughs> yeah, he's great in this. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, if I, I lived in 1986 and I walked out of the movie Platoon mm. and you said, hey, guess what? I'm from the future. Um, my name's Marty McFly. <laughs> Be like, get on my pants. But then also, if you then after that said, uh, by the way, Charlie Sheen in the future uh, has three wives. He loves prostitutes, heavily addicted to drugs, yep. messed up. Absol- but like, how dare what? you? He is a good Christian boy. And, and, and just a just a fantastic performer. Yes. And a- Look at the collagen in his skin. Oh, beautiful skin. That man would never, would is never, what I would say. Would That's how never good dabble in drugs. In would never. Would never touch an illegal he substance. He is married to the same woman of 30 years and mm-hmm. he has two blessed children. And he's also. Thank you, Marty McFly. And married, then I would slap you and walk away. Married to his craft too. I would like, yes. yeah, back then I'd be like, this dude is on a path in his career to be the next fucking Marlon Brando or some shit. You yes. know, just like next Big, respected, historic actor. Absolutely. And somewhere along the line that changed. But where, whatever somewhere happened. Someone got a test for coca uh, <laughs> yeah. which happens to the best of us. It's, I imagine it does. It's the yeah. once you get some money. Yeah. Once you get some partying in Hollywood. That's why I do this podcast to stay anchored, you know. Good. To sometimes just sit inside and just talk real about movies like regular people. Yeah. Not live my famous life as I usually do. Because that's quite, it's getting out of hand. We yeah. can talk about that off mic. I guess. I mean, <laughs> we could just dedicate this episode to me, but. Or Charlie Sheen. Okay, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Um, he, yeah, he was fantastic. This is just an excellent, excellent movie. Um, can we talk about John C. McGinley again? Uh, Dr. Cox, by the way. I Again, I just, I guess he had a whole life before Scrubs that I didn't know about. Yeah, I'm like, but also as well in this movie, still very Dr. Cox. Very. I'm like, where did Dr. Cox start? Because oh. we thought it started in Point Break. Yeah. And we were like, this is where he got this character. Now I'm even questioning that. I'm I like, think it's just it start him. Soon, or is it just him? But I had no idea he had an entire career before Scrubs. And now yeah. I'm realizing, no, the creators of Scrubs were like, we want John C. McGinley He's a big get. to play like, John C. McGinley. They've done very well getting him to be on that series. And we'll just rename him Dr. Cox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a fucking huge get. He's been... Two of, and probably more, for mm. all I know, but two, at least two of the biggest blockbuster movies of all time. Yeah. Platoon and Platoon Point and Break. Point Break, as, as everyone knows, two of the biggest blockbusters of all time. As we have always known. <laughs> yes. As of yesterday. He's uh, phenomenal in this movie. So good. I, I actually, one point I really enjoyed in this, well, not enjoy, well, had, had a mix, I enjoyed and both cut me deep and I cried watching this, mm. is, um, he breaks. Yes. In this movie. At the end. Like you towards see, the end. Yes. You see him break. Because he plays, uh, 
So he plays a douchebag for yeah. most of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like very similar Dr. Cox. Yeah. But imagine like... Without the funny witty quips. Yes. Oh, definitely. No <laughs> quips in this movie at all. Uh, but he gets like... Imagine like just mid-Scrubs episode, Dr. Cox very sincerely breaking down and just being like, I can't fucking do it. I don't know what I'm fucking doing. But no like... Joshua Raiden music in the background no. or Colin Hay. It's just stark silence yeah. and everyone's like, I don't know what the fuck to do. There's no it's relief heavy. after it. You're just like, fuck me. He, he's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. In this. Who else we got? Um, We also have as well Willem Dafoe, who his name came up in the screen at the start and I was like, I know the name Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. I have no fucking idea what he looks like and for the first 40 minutes of the movie i was like that guy's gonna be willem dafoe (laughs) no wait that That guy's gonna be willem dafoe or maybe that's willem dafoe (laughs) like one of like the vietnamese villages maybe that's That's willem dafoe Dafoe. i don't know (laughs) who willem dafoe is but when you realized who it was i was like oh willem dafoe (laughs) i was putting the emphasis on the dot and not it's the foe. So, that's where it's at. And it all just it comes together. It's, it, you say it different how it's written. It's a whole different person. <laughs> <laughs> he was fantastic. Uh, so basically um, the way that this kind of like cast or characters have been structured mm. is this two – it's a platoon of of army people. You would hope so. Who are in <laughs> – um, who are in – in the Vietnamese jungle mm-hmm. um, during Nam, and what you kind of learn throughout the story is that half of them are fucking evil, yeah, and the bad blood of you know what the kind of militarization can do to people, yeah, and then the other half are struggling with still trying to be good people, but also being you know yeah trained fighting to be killing with that machines, line. yeah, 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 which and- in itself, what a fucking Incredible concept. Oh, each of these characters plays that line perfectly. Yes. You see everyone's inner conflict of being like, I know who I am, but I'm in this situation and this is what I have to do. And, oh, ah, it's heavy. (sighs) This movie is real heavy. This movie is written by Oliver Stone. Mm-hmm. Which is a name I've heard of, right? He's very famous. He's a fantastic director and a Vietnam veteran. Yes. So his story, and I think what makes this movie so amazing, is that he came back from Vietnam, went straight to NYU and started studying film. Wow. Yeah. And guess who his professor was? Who? Little known director, Martin Scorsese. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yep. That's cool. So he also made like a like a student film about the Vietnam War, and then I think this was his like one of his first features. I think, yeah, I read it. it was like his first, or he had others in the works, but this was the first one that actually got made. Yeah, and otherwise he's made a fucking ton of other amazing movies. I'm just pulling up my MTV. I just can't remember them. Uh, he's made uh, JFK, Born on the Fourth of July, Alexander. Um, I think this is part of a trilogy or something about like this. This is considered the first in three movies about the Vietnam War. Yeah, he, he does. Made. He writes a lot about the natural born killers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's done a lot of very 
war-based movies because that's his history and that's the story that he experienced it wanted to tell and as well when he came back from vietnam he started like he saw the documentary footage um which was all filmed at like the base camps where everything was like relatively chill like still a little bit fucked up yeah and he's like no like that's a a a mash yeah (laughs) exactly yeah which is real footage from vietnam right um and so when he came back, he's like, no, that's not what fucking happened. Mm. It's my job to tell this story and yeah. to show. So this was, I, I don't like to use this term, but this was his magnum opus of being like, the world needs to know what it was really like. And it's yeah. told so fucking well. Yeah. So when I read this, like I looked it up, like um, my boyfriend was saying like, so who's in Platoon? I'm like, I don't know. I'll just like look it up before I... Yeah. Watched it. And I just read a quick synopsis and it was described in this synopsis as an anti-war film. And I was like, huh. Uh, a movie made in what was this, like 80, this is 86. Mm. Movie made in 86. I can't imagine how that would have been anti-war. Because yeah. I feel like back then everything was so patriotic. Mm. You know, they didn't have the like... I guess let's in my head like let's be edgy and yeah. like fuck the establishment, fuck war. Let's well, tell we the watched real like story. Predator a few weeks ago, which is so different. <laughs> I was thinking like, is this the first war movie we've watched? Oh no, we saw Predator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also historically accurate. <laughs> but that um, movie, like all oh, the guys, are really exactly. muscly and they're yes, marching around perfect. the jungle yeah. and like you know they're telling little jokes and it's all broy yeah. and stuff and, and like everyone wins die, and everyone's a hero but like it's not like there's no like inner conflict no. about it like you don't really see it and it's, so that's that's exactly how i had i mean obviously head. not real there's an alien in it we know so chill out uh, but you sorry interrupted that's you. real Beck. oh okay shit sorry that's based on a true story. Right. We did see that in Independence Day. Area 51 is real. Roswell is real. Get They're out there. They're coming for us. With it. Sorry. Um, I just drink too much fluoride. <laughs> but your so, teeth are gleaming. Oh, so great. I drink it straight out of the cup. <laughs> Not even in the water. So I got it in bottles. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Um, but yeah, so when I saw that this is anti-war, I was really confused. I didn't understand how a movie from back then could be anti-war. But as soon as it started and it started to get really into, like, them making fucked decisions or being fucked people, mm-hmm. being fucked – not like, no one's – not everyone's the hero. And I was expecting this would be everyone's the hero. I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan mm. or anything, but that's how I assume it is. Very different. Everyone's a hero. Everyone's – you know, like – and this one, like – you're watching it, and yet half of them are fucking evil yeah, cunts. There's, there's no real – and I think this is what this movie really brought home was like there's no winners in a war. There's no yeah. – There's fucking none. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I was just not expecting that from this movie with Charlie Sheen in it. Yeah. Also from the era that it was made in, in the 80s. Mm. I really just thought everything was pro-patriotism and, you know, and – it really does, like, I've never obviously been to the Vietnam War, but I imagine, like, you from should the, go. It's really nice. I've heard good things. <laughs> but from scene one, it's fucking Charlie Sheen's character getting bitten by ants and bugs and yes. shit in the jungle. And from then I was like, oh, this is not going to be a comfortable movie. Mm. I'm not going to have – I'm going to no. have a good time in that it's an excellent movie, but I'm going to be – I know I'm going to be uncomfortable the entire time. Yeah. 
just those ants on his neck and oh, inside God. his fucking uniform. Ugh. Yeah. And as well, the preparation for the movie is uh, – Mr. Oliver took everyone out to the Philippines for three weeks mm. and was like, you're going to be essentially soldiers. And he made them dig holes. Yeah, really interesting. And like as well, they'd wake up in the morning and they'd beat each other's stomachs like like real hard and shit. And then after that, they did 50 days in a row of filming in the jungle. Fucking hell. And I read that and I just read like, I don't know if everyone's looking back on it, but – all of the actors seemed to be, like, cool with it and, like, respected it. And it yeah. just kind of goes to show, I think, that, that Oliver Stone sounds like – that's his name, right? Yes. Yep. Um, sounds like a really – I keep going to say Oliver Clark, but that's a comedian that we know who lives <laughs> in Melbourne. And I don't think he's directed anything, but if he did, it'd probably be good. Probably, he probably wasn't in Nam, though, yeah. I wouldn't think. Um, but, yeah, like – it sounds like they all – he sounds like a respectable guy and not like mm. a fucking Kubrick or something yeah. making people go through the ringer for no reason except his own, you know, yeah, hard on. But this, like, he said, like, I read that Stone said that he was – the reason he was doing that was that he was trying to break them down, quote, to mess with their heads so he could get that dog-tired, don't-give-a-damn attitude, the anger, the irritation, and the casual approach to death. He wanted wow. that from his actors in real life, like IRL, rather than just like them acting that way. Wow. Which it totally translates. Yeah. That's why I think everyone just gives like incredible, like flawless performances. Yeah. I think as well it really shows like, because all of these actors in this movie are so young. Like, Well, babies, Johnny Depp, this is his first movie. He was like 22. Yes. He's barely he's in it. so young. He's barely in it because he's not a star him. yet. Yeah. Yes. Like he was on screen for a good like five minutes before I was like, Wait what? a minute. Is that, that's fucking Johnny Depp. Crazy. It was freaking nuts. And, like, it goes to show that, like, uh, he had – Oliver Clark has oh, – fuck, not Oliver Clark. <laughs> Oliver Stone has a really good eye for what actors are, are serious about the craft. Because mm. all these guys started their career were like, yep, I'll go to the Philippines, I'll go on this camp. Right? Yep, I'll go film 50 Days in the Jungle. Yeah. Yes, I'll let you break me for this role. And it's yeah. like – Oh, you guys are in it, and all these people have done astronomically well from this. Like he, yeah. he's a, f- a phenomenal it's director, incredible. Who's taken his pain and torment, and like this is, I think this is my favorite director that we've yeah. reviewed on this podcast. Yeah, because it's like he's got a moral point that he's working to. Yes. And not just for the sake of being arty or having people like revere him yeah. or anything. He has a story to be told that he wants to be told for a reason because he fucking yes. lived it and he wasn't happy with how the war was being portrayed mm-hmm. in other mediums. Yes. Like that's so respectable. And he's executed it. We're obsessed with this movie. I love it. We're fucking <laughs> – oh, my God. Like, yeah, I, I I go off for this shit. Like this is this – is, there needs to be more directors out there like Oliver Stone. And I'm sure we're probably going to get an email when this comes with out. With we're like, actually, he's fucked. But oh, no, that he's probably – I don't think he is, though. We surely we would have Wait, come across something with that. Let's look at his Wikipedia because also last week <laughs> fucking um, – Quentin Tarantino has a section on his Wikipedia oh, yeah. that just says racial slurs. And I only realized just after we recorded underneath that, the next section is Harvey Weinstein. Oh, no. Oh, like, oh, Were no. Were they friends? Oh, no. Good. Uh, While you're looking that up, um, speaking of cast, 
what do you think of Tom Berenger in this? He plays the ultimate villain. He was asshole fantastic. Dude. Wasn't he excellent? Because I didn't see him coming at the start. Mm. I was like, are you the hero? But also you yeah. have scars, which we've talked about. I thought they about. were real. <laughs> Same. They've I was obsessed so well. with them. I, I like, couldn't stop looking at them. What other roles does this actor get yeah. with a fucking face like that? Those, oh my God, the makeup in this movie for these scars alone uh, is like, I was staring at it just being like, they're real. They have to I thought, be real. I really thought they were. How is his face cinched in like yeah. that? And apparently I read that... Um, According to Oliver Stone, he intentionally cast Tom Berenger and Willem Dafoe against type. So apparently Berenger, who plays the ruthless, sadistic Sergeant Barnes, is actually most famous at that point for playing like the good guy in films. Oh. But he does the guy, the evil guy so well, I can't even Wait, imagine is him. Is he the guy who's like, who's like, I love this guy at night here? The Scars guy. Oh, the scars scars. Guy. Sorry, I got distracted because I just saw um, there's a section on Oliver Stone's um, Wikipedia that says sexual assault allegations. Oh, fuck. Fuck. God damn it. But, oh, okay, uh, so he did have a, he did, yeah, fuck. So he grabbed a play bottle, a play bottle, a play mo- boy model's boob as he walked out of a party. Um, but, I mean, this is, that's wrong. Not Oliver, cool. Naughty. Um, but he also cut ties with Harvey Weinstein as soon as all the allegations Good. came out. Also, don't fucking harass Playboy models, Oliver. Yeah. Um, okay, well, moving on from Oliver. Anyway, then. his movies are really good and... Moving on from him. But yeah, apparently... Oh, and he did some other stuff. Fuck. He, oh, that he acted in a pro. Okay. Well, look. <laughs> fuck. Right. Well, let's. Well, we've talked about him. Let's Can move on. Can we love nothing in this world? I don't world. know anymore. <laughs> uh, let's move on from him. So then, yes. Yeah, so apparently, Berenger usually plays the good guy in movies at this point, which what? I can just cannot picture at all. And then Willem Dafoe has always played the villain, so he wanted to go against type for him and made Willem Dafoe like the kind of hero in this movie, which I thought was really interesting. Wow, they both did. So well. Yeah. Oh, my God. Willem Dafoe was beautiful in this. Just so subtle and calm and strong. And the scene where he dies, spoiler alert, <sighs> Trice just said that before I said he dies. Oh, it's fine. Um, I assumed that everyone was going to die at the start of this movie. Well, it's a war movie and it's historically accurate. So yeah. I'm surprised anyone survived. Yeah. I was in genuine shock at the end when I was like, wait, people lived? Yeah. That's... Fucked. But Willem devised this crazy scene where um, it's shot from like a helicopter above and he's running through the jungle. And it's like, it's like when um, you see people doing like hunting from helicopters. Yeah. And you see like, like um, in Australia, we have, we have wild herds of camel that we need to cull because they're pests here. <laughs> Camels are pests. Yeah, we get a every year we cull a bunch of camels. What? Because camels love to fuck in the desert. Oh my god! I know we do have a lot of desert. Yeah, and apparently not enough room for these camels. (laughs) So like, there's footage of like a helicopter and people just got it, and that's what it looked like. Yeah, it looks like a herd of of people running out of the. Ah, it was beautiful. Yeah, that's a beautiful shot. And then him devastating running and being shot and just like not giving up. Like, oh my god, everything. Um, and I really like we touched on before 
the way that each of the actors portrayed the conflict, not all of them, because there was that half of them that are evil, like Matt, yeah. D- Matt Dillon's brother. What's his name? Um, fuck. Uh, Dylan. Kevin Dillon. Kevin Dillon then went on to become very successful in Entourage. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, That's where he's from. Yeah. I was like, I he's know this guy with the pig nose. baby in this. Yeah. But he plays like there's no conflict in him. Like there's no moral compass. He just wants – he's just that guy, which I imagine happens a lot in the military, the guy who just wants to go in so he can fuck people up. Yeah. And he's not just shooting to – and he's not just shooting to kill to protect his country or anything. Mm. He's out there because he's – He's himself. And he's – it's now legal for him to torture and kill people you know like that's that kind of guy and that's the kind of thing that i just really wasn't expecting to see from a movie of this era Mm. was portraying that side of it like yeah there are people who join the army to go to war to just fuck shit up because they're allowed to at that point Mm. and that dylan character that's him and it's fucking upsetting um should we talk about the village scene oh yeah yeah let's do it the, there's this one scene. It's not the main scene in the movie, but I think there's it's so the many most... chapters in this movie. Yeah. It's very well spaced out, and there's a lot of hectic moments that I are equally just, as important as each other. They're all important, but this was the most upsetting scene to me, for sure. Mm. Yeah, oh, definitely. Them the raiding the Vietnamese village. Yeah. So they go, which I. It was upsetting, but I think this whole time. I didn't feel the same because there was a lot of violence in it and everything, but I wasn't angry at it like I I have been in other movies a la a, you know, Clockwork Orange or Mm. a Fight Club or something where it's all made up and just from someone's fucked imagination. Like they're upsetting because they're historically accurate. Yeah. And in history, these things were upsetting. So that's why I found it like – okay and like fascinating so there's a scene where they go and the american soldiers raid a vietnamese village and they torture a lot of the villagers Mm. and shoot them in the head and it's really fucked yeah and really distressing and upsetting just fuck up these people's lives for no reason yeah other than they're vietnamese and they're americans and they think they're hiding um yeah, soldiers. Um, soldiers or, or, or weapons and stuff. Mm. And everything that happens, you're like, fuck, this happened. This happened to these innocent people. I imagine this is as historically accurate as we're going to see in a Hollywood movie. Yeah. Um, and then there's just the trigger warning. There's a scene where there's an attempted rape. Yeah, that, that, that really upset me. Fucked. But again, I realized, like, that fucking happened, you know? That shit happened. Of course it did. Yeah. Like, of course it did. And that's that's the difference for me in this movie with its violence to the other movies we've seen where it glorifies violence. I think this doesn't glorify violence at all. No, it's completely opposite. Yeah. And having violence on there, like I've been saying, is historically accurate. It has to be there. Yeah. I think, yeah, this scene's very disturbing <clears throat> But again, with a purpose to show. And as well, it really blends in that thing of like one minute you're like, oh, these guys are the heroes. Oh, no, they're not. Mm. This guy's the villain now. Oh, wait a minute. And you're like, oh, there's there's no picking sides. No. Yeah. Because even... Well, it um, divides you. It really does. And I think that's fascinating. And I really enjoyed mm. that. Um, not enjoyed it. One I choice I did find interesting is 
in the rape scene, they picked a random actor. Like, they didn't pick anyone of the major cast, just a random actor who just starred in that mm. scene. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think, I mean, despite his misconduct, according to his Wikipedia page, and probably to real life as well, believe women, um, he's like, oh, I understand that this act is so wrong. I can't put one of the cast members to do this because they will be the villain. Yeah, true. For the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like, I also took it as like um, him having just not one of the main cast do it just to kind of show that this is just something that happened. It's not like a big turning point or, you know, character development for one of our main guys. It's just like this is how common raping villagers were was that like, any old any old guy in this platoon could do it and no one would really be surprised except to, like, you know, make him stop it because mm. they disagree. Yeah. But it's not like he's the evil guy. Of course he'd be the one that rapes the thing. It's just like this is just kind of what yeah. happened a lot and we're going to just kind of anonymize it by putting some yeah, random, the random dude, dude in, in there. there. Apparently that was based on an actual experience that um, Oliver Stone had where he intercepted an assault. Uh, he was in the war. Bummer. Huge bummer. And in that same scene, a very interesting also conflict in a character. So, like, we're kind of this whole time, we, we're, we're rooting for Charlie Sheen's character. Mm. Um, he's he's volunteered for this thing. We feel sorry for him. He's, like, he's not meant to be there, kind of. Like, that's yeah. kind of the vibe you get from him. Um, and he disagrees with a lot of the behavior. But then there's that whole scene where he shoots at the guy the villager that has one leg, yeah. he shoots at his feet and fucking goes manically psycho and is like, dance, motherfucker, dance, and yeah. making him, like, jump all over the place. Like, and then he, you can tell he's fucking traumatized by it while he's doing it. He doesn't know why he's doing it. It's just because He's doing intense. it he's scared. Yeah. And he's just, he's, he fish, like, he breaks. He does. You can see him realizing become he's like I've become the person that I yes. hate. Yes. I found that really interesting. It's yeah, it's it's interesting because the slightest of changes to this movie like if they cast someone else who couldn't do this role it 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 would be completely different. Totally. And the whole time I was just like this is fucking Charlie Sheen. Yeah. He's in two and a half yeah. men. <laughs> he's been to wear bowling shirts and flip-flops like how is this the same guy? I yeah. can't believe it. It's, oh, yeah, nuts. Another cast member uh, I would like to talk about is uh, Keith David. Um, Which one was he? Uh, the handsomest one, Alex, obviously. Which one was the handsomest one? He's um, he's very old in this picture. Um, he plays King is his character name. He's uh, in that – can you see that photo there? Oh, yeah. I love yeah. him. He's the, he's the guy that – he plays like kind of his friend and he's like he, he helps him with pieces of yeah. advice and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I was, loved him. He was so handsome on screen that Ooh, I yeah. was like, oh, is that Nelly? Like <laughs> – But not Probo yeah. Nelly. Not Probo Nelly, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to look up Keith David's Wikipedia no, page. No, we um, can't. I just, so for another I, day. I, I, like, you know, I'm, I'm all about the fight and getting... <gasps> if Willem Dafoe is cancelled, I'm going to be very mad. Alex, 
prepare yourself for it. It's going to happen eventually. <laughs> um, sorry, I just wanted to mention that he was handsome and I enjoyed his He was great and I really enjoyed I thought there was actually um, – he had some interesting lines and I think there was some really interesting like kind of social commentary mm. in this movie, not just about war but about classism. Yeah. There was a lot of kind of like – were like lines about um, poor people versus rich people and how poor people aren't valued in society. Really interesting writing that, again, for an 86, for a 1986, I was like, this is fucking edgy yeah. as shit. You um, could kind of see like the divide between like the badder guys were kind of a bit more right wing. 100%. And the, I'm so nervous talking about politics. <laughs> At the moment, uh, and the good guys were a bit more left wing, like yeah. they smoked pot. Yeah, and yeah. Like, they were like dancing with each other, having like trying to make the best of a shitty situation. They didn't yeah. want to just go out and shoot people for the sake of it. Um, and him, King, he had a line where it's something about. Um, he basically just says like, "We've been kicking people's we meaning like America. Mm. We've been kicking people's asses for so long. It's about time we got ours kicked." Yes. What a fucking cool insight to yeah. have in a war movie. Right? Right. I was I wonder if there's like war nuts out there who like this movie. That would be yeah, I was hoping like I didn't have as much time as I would like to to read up about it before we record it, but I really wanted to know what like the reception for this movie was huge. It won like a million Oscars mm. and stuff. So it's not like it was shunned or anything. I expected yeah. it like after we watched it, I'm like, oh, there's no that way America embraced that. Yeah. yeah. But apparently, yeah, it was well received. But I'd be really interested to find out, um, yeah, how it was received by the conservatives of America yeah. and the people who are pro-war and pro-military. Well, if you're conservative, um, you can email your know. review of this movie <laughs> at guidetodudecinema at gmail.com. <laughs> Oh my god! This movie won four Oscars. Yeah, has nine has got nineteen other awards. Oh my god! Yeah, it makes sense. Look, I uh, I agree. I give it my award. Yeah, and uh, uh, interestingly, Platoon was the third highest grossing film of nineteen eighty six. Australian oh hit Crocodile Dundee. No way. Was the second biggest film of the no, year. No, Crocodile Dundee. So it came third after Croc Dundee. Oh, come on. Like, look, I love it. I love Australia. I love Croc Dundee. Come Platoon's on. better than that. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? And the first highest grossing film of 86 was Top Gun, which is a very pro-military. contrast. I, I see that as a pro-military kind of film. Well, in reading, um, for, uh, reading about this movie, it was written in 96, apparently – um, Tom Cruise felt super, super guilty about how many people signed up for the military after seeing – they saw, like, right. a huge spike after Top Gun came out. Because it glamorized the shit out of it. Yeah, and then I think he was in an Oliver Stone movie. I think he's in oh. – hold on, let me look this up. Sorry, so much Googling. Yes, he did Born on the 4th of July. Oh, which, which is, is one of the Stone trilogy movie. of yes. Vietnam movies. Yes. Huh. As kind of a wet, like in kind of like a so. peace offering being like, I'm so sorry. Interesting. Yeah. And it's the same year as Platoon. Mm. And also the same year as I was born. So I think I was the highest grossing film. You're my highest grossing film. Thanks, babe. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm interested to know. Mm. Did you cry during this movie? Yes. At what? Did you cry once or more than once? Way more than once. I cried what, at a what lot. points did you cry in the movie? Um, I cried during the villager scene. Yep, same. Multiple times. Just oh, any yeah, yeah, time yeah. they hacked someone to death uh, who didn't, you know, who was innocent. Mm. Um, I cried when Willem Dafoe was dying. Yep, big time. I cried when. Charlie Sheen cried at the end when he was just in the helicopter yeah. and he was being taken away and he was just he just sobbed because he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, is, is happening. happening to my life now. And he had it because he kind of narrates it. There's a bit of overt like narration. And he had another just interesting kind of anti-war sentiment at the end. Yeah, he says something like, uh, although the war is over now for me, it will remain with me for the rest of my life. And he's saying, like, the narration saying that as he's, like, sobbing in the helicopter. That's said in the trailer away. as well. Is it? The opening of the trailer is, like, um, oh. Chris uh, – what's his character's last name? Taylor. Taylor. It's, like, Chris Taylor left the war, but the war never left him. Right. So that's – I guess that's kind of really the message that Oliver Stone's trying to it's fucking peace ride home. Is like, it's not – like, which is so important. Yeah. To talk about because so many veterans are left behind yeah. in life because they come back from the war. Especially and from the war. It was in the 60s. Like, yeah. Kind of like, yeah, I imagine there wasn't a lot of support. Yeah. There isn't now. So, um, yeah. So when he was sobbing in the helicopter, my God, I was right there with him. What about you? When did I, you cry? Same points as you. I also cried in the final battle scene when they were trying to call – to get someone to take them out of there because they're like, they're closing <gasps> oh. in on us. And I was kind of like, they've been given, oh man, I'm going to cry yeah. if we just talk about it. They were calling, like they were calling up the chain of command to be like, you have to come get us. Like they're going to kill us. And the sergeant on the other lines just kind of being like, yep, we're doing what we can. Yeah, just stay just tight. Stay tight. You'll stay be okay. tight. And he's doing – he can't do anything. Yeah. It's like they've given them a, like, a lifeline that leads nowhere. nowhere just yeah. that, like – That helplessness. The, essentially, the phone is just there as, like, kind of like a placebo. To and just, no one – neither people – no one can do anything about it. Just like E.T. phoning home, but yeah. there's no home. There's no home to phone to. Krypton's been blown up. And it, They're not the right movies, but you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean, man. Right there with you. Yeah. Sorry, I had to try and bring back to comedy. I'm like, <laughs> gently going to cry in the podcast. But I think just what is so distressing to me is also like anytime I watch anything that's based on a true story, I'm like, this fucking happened. All of this is so much worse because I know it fucking happened. Yeah. It's like when I watched Titanic, it was devastating. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. Like, These people really went through this. Not Jack and Rose, obviously, but. I mean, maybe they did. We featured extras. <laughs> Billy Zane had a yeah. bad time for sure. <laughs> Okay, um, do you have anything else you want to talk about with it? I mean... I'm just sad. I'm just so sad. But it's such a good movie, though. It's really good. <laughs> um, well, it's, Okay, should we, should we rate it? No. Um, <laughs> let's just sit here in silence and think just about the crimes reflect. of humanity. Fucking hell. How many sore red eyes <laughs> mm. do you have out of... Five. I have, oh boy, I have a 4.5 uh, sore eyes. Fuck it. I have five. Oh. I'm going to give it a five out of five. That's, fu- that's 
Um, strong. I actually can't fault this movie mm. now that I'm thinking. I can't take points away for anything. It's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I The movie's excellent. I love it. But Oliver Stone's got a little section on Wikipedia to dedicated to sexual assault, and I can't take that out of my mind. Eh, fair enough. So I'm like, you know what? It's a it it would have been a five, but it's a four. Okay, yeah. So that's that. still very kind, and I'm not proud of it, but it's a very <laughs> good movie. It is a good movie. Like, uh, let's if you even if you take it away from the yes. director, yes. Um, everyone in it is just. <laughs> And Johnny Depp, ugh, fucking, but he's cancelled now too. Yeah. Um, guys, stop it. Guys, uh, can Let we, us enjoy shit. We cannot stress this enough. <laughs> Cut it out. Or get more women to make things. Right. Things will be less probo. <laughs> right. Oh, also, we didn't even talk about it. There's not a woman inside in this movie. No, except but for the villagers. But, but that is. Yeah, unlike Reservoir Dogs, uh, this is. Historically accurate. Yes, that's another but, thing. Like that's yeah. with that village is seen and and all the violence and stuff. Um, it's okay because it's historically accurate that yeah. no women were there because in the sixties women weren't you know on the front line of the American military. So yeah, which basically because like there was a movie recently that came out and it was like it was a war movie and there was like there was an outcry about it there not being enough diversity mm-hmm. in it. And I was like, ooh, like I, I, I am 100% for diversity. Of course. It, it needs to go. If this podcast is literally about <laughs> diversity needing to happen. And I'm like, oh, war movies are that one loophole. Yes. Where it's like, I still want to be like, yes, but you should. But, ah, oh, fuck. If oh. you're making something up out of your own imagination as a script. Yeah, and it's all white men. Look into that imagination. There's some fucking wrong diversity with that. in there. But if, yeah, if it's based on historical yeah. events and women weren't involved, of course that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, it like, doesn't need to be written. You know, there's been plenty of history books about men at war. Like every uh, granddad war, yeah. across the globe owns a book about war. Yeah. That's legal. They have to do that. You know, there's been so much text written about it. It's like, yeah, it's about a white man. It's probably pretty well documented in history. Yeah. You probably don't need to make another movie about it for now. Secret nuggets. No, there's a lot anymore. of other stories that need to be told. Yeah. Um, and Platoon did it pretty well, so. I think so. Would you recommend out. people watch this movie? Ooh. Yes. I don't think absolutely not on a date. No. Not, <laughs> no I mean, no. unless you're like both heaps into cinema and crying is your foreplay. Okay, maybe not a first date, but maybe if you're like six months to a year plus into the relationship. Yeah. And you're okay with not having sex that night. Yeah. Um, watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. I think this, this, this movie's important. Yes. Like it's very important to show – the realities of war, even though it still is a movie and it's like, I hate to imagine what it's actually like because this movie is raw, but it's still dressed up more than it actually was, which is a terrifying That's, exact, that's what I kept thinking too. I'm like, oh my God, this is distressing, but fuck, it's still a fucking Hollywood movie. Um, but I just, I have seen, like, I know I don't watch a lot of, you know, action films, but I have seen a lot of war movies, I think, and yeah. I just haven't 
I was just shocked the whole time I haven't seen a movie like this, mm. which, you know, same as that, like, blurb I read about it, it's anti-war yeah. or it's war reality kind of thing. Yeah. And I really haven't seen anything that hasn't glamorized war in part and this kind of, to me, didn't. So yeah. I really, yeah, you're right. I think it's important. Mm. Also, as well, at the end of this movie, I, I did get a little excited. Uh-huh. And... Because at the end, they start to do the credits where they've got the shot of the actors. <laughs> I thought that and I was too. like, oh, my God. <laughs> Don't tell me. Are you kidding? They're going to end Platoon with a smile <laughs> a and turn to camera credit. And I was like, this. Oh, my. That- I thought that too. And I was like, holy Shit! I was like, "What a way to break the tension! What <laughs> a way!" But they didn't. They they just shots of the actors. They just so actual shots of them. Yeah. Like, but oh my god. Ins- okay, get this. This was made in eighty six. Predator was made in eighty seven. Do you reckon in any way Predator was a bit parodying the end oh. of Platoon? Because it's very similar. My God! It's shots of them. But then Predator makes it a parody and having them like smile to camera. I wonder oh, if that has a link. My fucking God. <laughs> Predator is a parody of Platoon. Platoon. <gasps> this changes everything. Oh my God. <laughs> That's insane to me that Predator <laughs> was possibly in production at the same time as this movie. <laughs> time is fucking whack, y'all. Oh, Lord. So that was Platoon. Please join us next week when we watch Freddy Got Fingered. And thank you, of course, to our beautiful producer, Alex Teleopolis. Uh, if you want to keep up to, with us to see what movies we watch, fuck it. I'm never going to get it right. If you want to keep up with us and see which movies we are reviewing, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Dude Cinema Pod and like our Facebook page, The Ladies Guide to Dude Cinema. You can also chat to us uh, there or shoot us an email at guide to dude cinema at gmail.com. And also, please rate us five stars on iTunes. And in your review, let us know what movie a dude has told you you have to see, and we will review it. For you, motherfuckers. Thank you. Stay safe. Stay stocked up on tissues. Yes. <laughs> Gonna need it. Bye. Bye. Wait,